This year, we're celebrating 20 years of Glass Tire. That means 20 years of Texas art coverage, 20 years of publishing writing from across the state, and 20 years of showing the world all Texas has to offer. Since our publication is a nonprofit, all of our work is made possible thanks to readers and listeners like you. If you'd like to help support our coverage, you can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining donor by visiting glasstar.com forward slash donate. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Art Dirt. This is a podcast where we at Glass Tire talk about topical art topics. I am Brandon Seck. I'm William Saradat. And this week we are talking about the Dallas Art Fair. So this is uh, a week late. The Dallas Art Fair happened uh, not this weekend, but last weekend. Um, It was held in Dallas as it usually is. It was the, what was it, something like the 13th edition I heard the 13th edition, yes. The fair, which normally happens in April, it normally happens in the spring, it was postponed, obviously, because of COVID. The 2020 fair did not happen. Uh, They had tried to announce a fair for 2021. That got pushed back as well. So now it happened in November, and they are planning another fair to come back and happen uh, in April of 2022. So they're trying to get back on their normal schedule. William, you wrote a piece for us about the fair. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll also get into discussions about, you know, how the Dallas Art Fair is kind of unique and how it compares to uh, other fairs uh, just that are happening in general, but also a fair that used to happen in Houston or still is. It hasn't happened in the last two years. Um, I think it would be helpful, William, maybe if you gave your assessment of this year's fair and then we could kind of talk about just ground the fair a little bit uh, for any of our listeners that may not have experienced the Dallas Art Fair before. What were your just kind of big takeaways from this year? Yeah, um, the big takeaways, the first one was that it was about as overwhelming as usual. Um, and that's because there's just so many people, there's so many different sets of people um, circulating and buzzing around the fashion industry gallery. Um, That's part of what makes it fun. But also, um, you can't talk to everybody. It can be hard to get a handle on every minute aspect of what's happening. Aside from that, like every event, it was not at full capacity. And uh, it's less so because of any kind of mandate or designation. And rather just that that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles these days. Uh, things are not at 100%. They're more at, I don't know, 60 75%. Um, and if you went to the fair, you would notice that kind of like half a wing of the building was just blocked off. There was nobody back there, nothing to see. Um, Saturday was sleepy to me um, when I attended. Um, 
yeah, so I, I hope that gives a little bit of a framework to understand the weekend that we'll we'll be talking about. Yeah, and you know, to ground this this conversation, um, if you live in Dallas, you've probably been to maybe at least some iteration of the Dallas Art Fair. Uh, but if you've never been, or if you don't live in Dallas, um, you know, it it is a really interesting concept. This fair because one of the strong points of it has always been that it is locally run. It's locally organized. It's not this company that comes into Dallas and kind of flits in and tries to put on a fair in two or three months. Um, So it's always tended to have a deep tie into the local community. Uh, Another thing that makes it really unique is it's housed, as William, you mentioned, in the FIG building, which stands for the Fashion Industry Galleries Building. Um, One of the things that I've always kind of taken away from this is it's you know unlike other art fairs that are set up in a big tent or like the texas contemporary art fair which was held in houston and was held in the big george r brown convention center where you know you're trying to make a big face a big space feel small um the fashion industry galleries is a trade show building and maybe as much as we don't want to admit it an art fair is inherently a trade show it's people coming from all around to try and sell their wares and set up shop and meet new people and make connections. And because there's this kind of breakdown of what an art fair would normally try to be versus what this building makes it be, um, I find it really, I, I find it really kind of nice. You know, the building has narrow hallways. It has kind of low ceilings. Sometimes it's not the best place for seeing art admittedly, but an art fair isn't the best place for seeing art anyway so it's not like the building is doing a huge disservice to exhibitors if anything instead of you know bringing in miles of temporary walls um this building kind of gives dealers their own little spots like it's it's booths that are made to be used by exhibitors so it feels like a lot of these galleries have their own little tiny galleries at the fair and it feels like a real intimate space that you're stepping into in order to engage with the work to contribute to that brandon i just want to offer that part of what you're describing is verticality of the the structure the building the architecture which is not super common it's just not really expected at um an art fair necessarily for instance as you mentioned tents freeze uh, New York, which takes place on Governor's Island, it's a bit of a devil to get out there, um, right? They they make a big giant tent every year to set to for the fair to take place. By comparison, the Dallas Art Fair is a little skinnier and a little taller, and it it makes a, an impact on the experience. Yeah. Well, and also there's a, you know, other art fairs have this to a certain extent, but at, at the fig building in Dallas, it, it really is the case that exhibitors have booths that are their booths. Like galleries continuously return to the same booth because, you know, it's kind of like when you hang art in a, in a, exhibition gallery space when you're a curator you get to know your space the more you use it so there are galleries um, that have got to learn their exhibition spaces and what works which is part of the reason they continue to return there but also because collectors have come to expect those galleries in those certain spaces so it's kind of like a just a default that 
you know, we know that Conduit Gallery is going to be along the back hallway in Dallas, or we know that um, uh, William Campbell is going to be along a certain corner, or it's just kind of these expectations. And I mean, it's helpful to me as a return viewer, just, you know, it's like knowing where your favorite painting is hung in a museum and the fact that painting isn't ever moving. Uh, It's just nice as a wayfinding measure. Um, And William, also, as you mentioned, this year's fair was skinnier just in terms of exhibitors. So this year's fair had 58 galleries showing uh, as opposed to the usual 90 plus. Um, You know, that very well could be contributed to pandemic. It could be contributed to the fact that this fair is happening in the fall when a lot of galleries are ramping up for the other art fairs. They're ramping up for Untitled or Basel or, you know, the whole Miami weekend. Um, But I also think that it's interesting that this is the first year the fair has had back after, I mean, a little bit of a a rocky uh, couple years. Uh, We'll post some links to our coverage of the fair over the past maybe four or five years um, in this post on glass tires. So check that out if you kind of want a timeline of what's been happening at the fair. But there was a little bit of controversy, and Christina Reese wrote about this back in 2019 when the uh, Tally Dunn Gallery, which is one of Dallas's more well-known galleries nationally and one of Dallas's uh, more blue-chip galleries, um, didn't participate in the fair because they were denied the booth that they had had for basically 10 years since the fair's inception. Um, And I am curious to know how much kind of the uh, kind of how much uh, the number of participating galleries at the fair were impacted by an air of lingering uncertainty around the fair itself and of possibly divided relationships uh, between Dallas galleries and other galleries versus how much of it was COVID and scheduling conflicts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pandemic presented a financial obstacle, a logistic obstacle. And so when these things happened, um, we all looked to respective industry leaders to see like, okay, how are you going to conduct business um, before, in the middle and after this pandemic? But I guess more than that, I do want to emphasize a slightly more complex point, and I'll illustrate it by a general anecdote. Whenever I am outside of Texas or talking to people outside of Texas, they love to tell me how we never shut down. Um, and the thing is, like, it, it's actually not that simple. Um, firstly, there were shutdowns. And secondly, even after um, even those that want to flaunt the rules in the state of Texas that don't feel like shutting down or or, you know, following stringent measures to make sure we can all be safe. Those people, those business owners, those organizers, they're not necessarily seeing full capacity patronage. Um, and I'm not talking about the arts exclusively. I'm talking about everything. Concerts, restaurants, all of it. So um, absolutely, Brandon, I think that like there's there's some management decisions that have happened at this fair in the past several years that maybe have made some gallerists think, uh, do I want to participate? Am I going to come to Dallas? Am I going to show up at the FIG building? But frankly, there's 
I mean, there's just a lot of variables involved that keep people from getting on a plane, from from opening their booth back at the fair. The whole point of an art fair, no matter you know how good the social experience is or no matter how good the prestige is, the whole point is for galleries to sell art. I mean, this is, you know, it's a trade show. It's a purely economic uh, thing. And an art fair is the, the biggest example of that. And reportedly, of course, you know, after fairs happen, there's always certain dealers who are very eager to report publicly their actual sales or uh, alleged sales that happened because of the fair, you know, whether that work was pre-sold before the fair or not, you know, it's always a roll of the dice. Um, you got to take people at their word at some point. But I received an email from the fair stating some of the sales that happened, and it seemed like out-of-town galleries did have decent success. And I've also talked to some dealers who were based in Dallas um, since the fair happened or, and during the fair. And it seems like, you know, the general art fair weekend and the dealers who had booths seemed to do okay. Um, but still, you know, it's it's curious to me that the attendance in what I saw um, and overall, as I've heard from people who were there the entire weekend behind the desk, uh, the attendance was overall light compared to recent years. I really felt this on the opening night because normally during uh, the the previews that happen on Thursday and then on the big Thursday opening night party where, you know, everyone comes dressed to the nines and it's a huge to-do for the Dallas social scene, I feel like normally it is back-to-back crowded. Um, and that's even with, you know, when, the, when there's more uh, floor space because normally the entire building is opened. Um, and this time around, a section of the building was closed and it felt, I mean, it's not like, it's not like there were only 30 people, but it, it felt sparse comparatively. There were, there were definitely stretches of time that I didn't really move very much. And so I was taking a, a survey of my surroundings. Gallerists are sitting in booths, staring at their phones. Um, traffic becomes I wouldn't say non-existent, but absolutely very light. The past handful of years have been uh, the the foot traffic alone has kind of exploded exponentially. And to see that drop, it doesn't really give me like pause, but you couldn't ignore it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I'll really be tracking uh, for next year for the fair that is supposed to happen in six months um, is if the exhibitor count bumps back up because I understand with COVID and with travel restrictions and with other fairs happening in this kind of in the same time period and also um, just the the crunch, the financial crunch that the pandemic has put on galleries, which are already kind of day-to-day business models. Um, it's, it's hard to do a fair and to pay to have work shipped and the investment from galleries is very real in this fair. Uh, or in any fair, in just an art fair, I'll start to get a lot more concerned if the April fair has uh, has participation that tracks with this year rather than with previous years. You know, if it's if the exhibitor list is below seventy, I'll kind of start to get worried about what this means for the fair. Um, I I feel I feel also that I, you know, one of the things that I heard from talking to people who have been dealing with the fair for a little while um, is that 
when the 2020 fair was canceled, and also we we published an article about this uh, in September of 2020. So again, if you want kind of the full story rather than the abridged version, visit the site. Um, when the 2020 fair was postponed, you know, it happening in April, uh, the fact that the pandemic really hit mid-March, um, the fair said that it had already paid a number of its vendors and that gallerists had already, many gallerists had already paid for booths and the fair, instead of reimbursing gallerists, had kind of rolled over uh, their funds to almost like a credit system, right? Like the galleries who had already paid would be able to participate in future fairs at reduced or no cost using the booth fees that they had already paid. The problem at the time with that and that I'm still possibly concerned about is that the fact that galleries are kind of on a day-to-day business model and don't tend to have, you know, some of the galleries do. Gagosian, Hauser and Worth, these mega galleries have hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw around. But some of the galleries that do the Dallas Art Fair, you know, taking a $20,000 loss essentially for a year and a half and then not being able to have the the purchases that normally happen at the fair to compensate for it um, could really affect their bottom line. And galleries, I mean, galleries kind of are the backbone of any art scene, including Dallas, including Houston. Um, and what I heard from a few people on the ground this time around was that they, if they may not have wanted to participate in the November fair, but instead would want to do the normal April fair, um, the fair was holding their credits over the gallery's heads a little bit, uh, that maybe if the fair didn't participate in this November edition, there wouldn't be a booth for them at the April edition. And that's almost, you know, forcing someone to use... (laughs) to use their uh, credits that they have with you, it's not necessarily the best way to move forwards, and it could cause resentment within a community, and which is concerning. And also, I don't live in Dallas. I'm in Houston. You know, I'm, in terms of Dallas internal politics, I'm as privy to them as I can be, but, you know, I'm not on the ground daily in Dallas. But just to me, that's a little concerning in terms of the fact that the thing that really puts this fair that set this sets this fair apart is the fact that it's like locally built relationships and that it has strong community buy-in. Um, and if even if any actions kind of threaten that or kind of push those relationships, I worry about the future of what it could be for the fair. It's been expressed to me two sides of the same coin, which is uh, on the one hand, um, it doesn't feel super considerate or fair to hold a credit over an exhibitor's head like you mentioned Brandon um especially with such a long wait time 18 months um not knowing if you're going to get your any any value of the money you paid into the fair not knowing if you're going to see that value come to fruition a lot of stuff can happen in 18 months to a market to a country um on the other hand the same gallerists would say, I just want this fair to succeed. I just want Dallas to succeed. I just I just want Dallas to have the best fair that it can. And against all odds, Dallas has been able to achieve that critical mass of a fun, 
sexy, successful art fair. I was just reading this morning um, the piece that you forwarded to me, Brandon. It's Rainy Knudsen's article, Should Houston Have an Art Fair? from October of 2016. And she does an interesting job of um, kind of thought experimenting out, okay, why does Houston not exactly seem to be able to manage a big blowout fair that brings the whole world in? Um, And she makes a bulleted list is it the is it Houston's fault is it the fault of the fair the people putting it on um you know how like why can't we exactly get to where we want to be as like a global city a participant in the global art market and I think that's a great set of information to have I think it's a great article definitely read it if you get a chance um But again, for the context of this conversation, Dallas has figured it out. So we don't want this to... I do live in Dallas, and I will say we don't want the fair to go away. Um, Not exactly. There's always something to to fix and and prod and and tweak a little bit. I think, William, that article about Houston, and I mean, I can speak to that being as I, I live in Houston and have experienced the Texas Contemporary Fair and the... Houston Fine Art Fair, later renamed the Houston Art Fair. Um, the comparison of the Houston and Dallas fairs are, I, I mean, it's it's basically a, a more or less a playbook for how to run a fair and for how not to run a fair. You know, the Dallas fair taken, you know, there's there's going to be problems because it's you're dealing with relationships and whether or not you agree with how the Dallas fair has uh, run its business the fact that they have brought in new galleries and have retained many new galleries that are respected galleries that are New York galleries that are Los Angeles galleries um, is something to appreciate. The fact that the Dallas art fair has been able to grow in, in, you know, various uh, definitions of that word um, is something the Houston art fair or the Texas contemporary art fair was never able to do. And I feel like William, the, the, dealers in Houston really had that same sentiment. Like dealers in Houston tried to participate in these fairs. Dealers wanted these fairs to succeed. I mean, who wouldn't? Because best case scenario, you pay money to participate, you get a bunch of sales, you get a bunch of new clients, you make a lot of out-of-town connections, and it's it's a win-win for you. Um, so who wouldn't want that to happen? And your prestige, in theory, goes up because you're showing alongside galleries that are just as well known, if not better known than you are. Um, the sad part was the Houston fairs, they may have accomplished that one or two years, but it started to decline really quick. Whereas the Dallas art fair, as, as is indicated by past titles of reviews of the Dallas art fair that we've published has at least tended to hold steady. Um, which is, uh, which is commendable, honestly, for an art fair that is, I'll call it a non-major market, even though there are a ton of collectors in Dallas and I consider Texas a major market, you know, the world writ large would not consider Dallas a major market for a fair or for anything else. Um, But I I think that comparison is interesting because coming from Houston, I always 
maybe even have some rose colored glasses about the Dallas art fair that I look through. Like, you know, the, the fashion industry gallery building was cool and interesting and different and didn't have only Aramark food um, available. Like there were galleries that I wouldn't have to travel to New York to see that I could just, I, that I could see their booths like coming from Houston. It's always kind of a reality check of, you know, checking in with people who live in Dallas to see their real expectations and feelings about the fair, because from Houston, my art fair experience has been soiled by fairs that just aren't up to snuff. Yeah, which is so it's just too bad because Houston, of course, rivals Dallas in terms of like international culture. It's just that I don't know. I don't know how to summarize it other than to just kind of be flippant about it you know dallas loves a fancy party we love if you can plug it into like the global economy in a successful way i mean even better um another refrain about the dallas art fair is that like we don't really have another one in texas so we need to all settle up with like how to take the good with the bad and um and we all kind of constantly just study and like nitpick over it because we all want to know like what is the recipe that that this fair has stumbled upon um so that if we can find like the golden nugget maybe we can like take it down to Houston or Austin or San Antonio or I don't know El Paso I mean you brought up a salient point Brandon which is that like even though Texas is like really significant in the global sphere, just like in a lot of ways, um, we kind of escape the designation of like being a significant or singular market, um, especially in art. I think that's going to change in our lifetimes and it might change pretty fast depending on um, how many people move here from California. But um, it's like, Okay, how come how come it's taken us this long to get here? The Dallas Art Fair is in its thirteenth iteration, it, which just wrapped, um, so it's not like new. But in spite of that, Houston has tried along the same timeline to compete in the art fair circuit, and it's just definitely not in the same lane as the Dallas Art Fair. And everybody just wants to know, like, why, 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 why? <laughs> um, and that's fair. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just competing factions and competing ideas about what an art fair can be, like putting that on the lens or looking at the Dallas Art Fair through that lens, like on one hand, you can't take your local dealers for granted and expect to continue to have a successful fair. I think that's a fact. On the other hand, you can't only have a successful fair if you're showing local galleries. That's what the Texas Contemporary did or kind of started doing. Um, and it just, I mean, if you don't have a diverse array of galleries from other places that people are actually interested in that are also bringing good art and bolstering your local community, your fair is going to fail. So the balancing of those two things of... <laughs> You know, it's kind of like someone who who gets big and it's like, don't forget your roots. But like you have to grow and change as you 
get more popular. It's 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 a threading the needle thing where you're never going to make anybody happy and you're definitely going to piss some people off along the way. But it's it's kind of like, can you circle back around and mitigate everything once you have the ability to do so? And I think the Dallas Art Fair. To make that judgment about whether the Dallas Art Fair can do that, I don't know if they are old enough or have progressed enough yet. Um, that isn't to say it hasn't grown. It's grown exponentially, like the level of galleries, like everything we've talked about, the level of galleries they have participating are bolstering the local galleries. It's making Dallas more appealing to people. It's showing the fact that, you know, Karma, uh, Night Gallery from Los Angeles, like these spaces sell art in Dallas. Um, but the question is, is the fair going to be able to like circle back around and maintain that national international prestige and appease locals and come out of a global pandemic relatively unscathed and be appealing enough that now when art galleries are pulling back from showing at fairs, are they going to keep Dallas on that roster? that they're still participating in. And on one side, I say yes, because fairs are kind of seemed at least in a way to be pulling back and from larger gatherings and focusing on more kind of regional markets that they can tap into just looking at exhibitor lists and hearing statements and articles about some of these other fairs that are happening, like the armory, like freeze, like Miami. On the other hand, is Dallas a regional market that they're going to see as worth it? It's a confluence of factors, and I don't think there's an easy answer. Absolutely. The the obstacle course that you set upon yourself when starting an art fair is is huge. And I think that over the years, and especially this year, um, for sure, I think that I just have tempered whatever criticism I have with, you know, again, the gratefulness that we get to have it at all. Um, I don't mean to. I don't mean to belittle or set aside anyone that that may have had their own particular fair experience uh, throughout all of this. I just mean to say that uh, kind of what I said earlier. It's like we don't we don't really just get to have um, armory or freeze in texas just because we want it 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 takes a lot for us to to pull this together um perhaps i shouldn't say us i should say the gallerists the organizers the market um and yeah i i'm kind of i don't know i guess feelings are fickle but i'm kind of guessing we're in a k-shaped uh recovery moment right now and that it's very possible in April we could see, you know, record-breaking numbers as we have in the in the past few years leading up to 2020. William, also to your point, whether you like, hate, have mixed feelings about, or upset at, however you feel about the Dallas Art Fair, the vibe that I got from visiting the fair was that everyone was just, and I, I think your piece captured this idea uh, that you wrote about the fair, everyone was just happy to get out and have a chance to see each other, which, you know, if that's the purpose that this November fair played in advance of the April fair, like great. I hope that everyone did okay. And that no one came out 
in the red from it, but like if anything, it provided something to rally around and for everyone to see each other after 18 months of that not happening. And I do think that's very valuable for a community, even if there were fewer national and international travelers to this fair, the fact of giving the community a space to kind of re-meet itself um, could be one bright spot of this November fair. Yeah. It's always going to be awkward going back, you know, going to the first party after whatever debacle. Um, But I say that to mean that some people didn't really know how they felt. (laughs) They weren't really sure how they were doing. But the thing is, right, like, it's, it's all about getting back into the groove of what we used to take for granted. And I'm, I'm glad I went. I'm glad it happened. I, I mostly heard the, the, for my whole weekend, I mostly heard the positive stories. I mostly heard the people that were selling and happy and like doing okay. Um, and I mean, it's coming back in April, so we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I think that's a good place for us to end it. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, I will emphasize there's a lot of uh, kind of interesting backstory in history that we have covered about the fair. We also didn't touch on the fact that um, this was, I think, the uh, something like the fifth year that uh, the Dallas Art Fair has had uh, funds to buy artworks out of booths at the fair, which is something that's actually... I mean, that's unique that I've seen in almost to almost any other art fair. The fact that the local museum gets uh, specific funds to acquire works that are shown at the fair. Um, It's a great opportunity. It's something that makes dealers bring really good work. Um, And you can see the works that were acquired this year uh, on Glass Tire. We'll put links in this post. We'll put links to all of our past art fair coverage also in this post. Um, it's a big read. I went through and reread a lot of that stuff this morning before we recorded this. And it was actually, I I feel like it provides a really good trajectory of the fair, uh, from 2015 onwards. So if that's something that interests you, I encourage you to go look in this post and find that. Um, and that is it. We'll be back in two weeks with a new art dirt. And until then, uh, we encourage you to Go see some art. Go see some art. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradet. Copyright Glass Tire 2021.